At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Warning, this podcast may contain bad language and a sexy new look. How sexy is it, Cleves? Sexier than a Playboy bunny and a Victoria's Secret catalog and Pornhub roll into one. Sexier than a little baby. (laughs) Welcome to Seesaw Podcast with your hosts, T and Cleves. Every week, bringing some much-needed balance and humour to brighten up what can sometimes be a dark, disabled world. Welcome, one and all, to the brand new, sexy, improved, sexy Seesaw with more sex appeal. New logo, new music, new hosts. You can't get everything. No. It's a nice new year with new things, we've rebranded the cast, everything's looking tight. So yeah, all good. Did you you have a lovely period of relaxing and doing this? It's not actually the first episode after the year, we're we're aware of that, but we had some cued and we want to be lazy over Christmas. So here we are, Yep, back for reals. How was your time away? It was good. I saw some family, had some drinks. How was your time hosting? Yeah, it was all right. How was your pub lunch? Good, mate. Did, was... did you tell your family it was a pub lunch? Yeah, they knew. They came and got the got, came and got it with me. I, I, I... Well, I want to try and pass it off like my own. I don't know. I don't give a shit about that. I've seen plenty of sitcoms that would do the th- that sort of thing. You know, steam clams and all that. Mm, basically, I got the lunches from the local pub and then brought them home, heat them up in the oven, and we're good to go for Christmas dinner. Bang. Done. Delicious. How many types of potato? Two. Now, that is a very divisive thing, because down south, where I'm from... Where the cunts live. Where I'm from, <laughs> you'd only have one type of potato on your roast, but roasts are terrible. But I'm glad you had two different types of spud. Sometimes people have three, mate. Sometimes they throw a couple of news on there, as well as the roast and the mash. That's too many, mate. Expand your mind. Expand your stomach. Stop stop closing yourself off to these new and awesome ideas. You say awesome, I say starchy. So, any resolutions for you? Probably a new job, let's be fair. I need something that pays more. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or start donating lots of money to us. Well, that's, about a, you? that's a fair resolution. I don't what, need... pay my mortgage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for me, I don't really believe in resolutions, to be honest. Got to be healthier. But I think that's just a general, I'm getting older and can't treat my body as badly as I have always as he reaches for his whiskey and coke. So you've got zero goals. I like to build them as they come. I like to be adaptable with the goals. I know what you're saying. Have zero goals. Got it. That way you've always you've always aced them. I've, I've got professional goals, but nothing I want to stay on here great for podcast that is shall we get on to the topic of the week still using old intros that can't be brand everything 
Topic of the Week. The product is essentially the same. It's got a sexy new film on it. That's it. Like the skin on a soup. But that's not sexy. At all. Hmm. Cringy. All right. But the soup underneath is delicious, but it's got a nice nice film on top to keep it fresh. But it doesn't keep it fresh. No. Okay, Fine. We're, we're moving on. We're like a coloured cling film on soup that you need to reheat. Okay, that's more reasonable. Because the cling film isn't made out of soup, because that's kind of gross. Next you're going to tell me that you don't like congealed gravy. I absolutely do not. What about congealed sweet and sour? You know, when you can spoon it out in a lump. You see, that's not bad because you always want to heat it up anyway, so. You would with gravy. You can have cold gravy. On what? Any KFC that you get. No. <laughs> always cold. No, it's not. You're always cold. Cold-hearted. I'm hot and cold. You monster. Yes and no, in and out, up and down, black, white, wrong, right, etc. Okay, topic of the week time. We thought we would do something that we've never done before. Yeah. And were with this... <laughs> Isn't it ironic how we are going they back think. into a topic that we've done previously on our very first rebrand? Yeah, but again, we're putting that sexy new cling film on it. <laughs> no, you can get that at seesawpodcast.com. Sexy new cling film, the only merch you can buy. When your dinner just isn't good enough to eat in one portion. <laughs> Something for the mums. Wow, the sexism still hasn't gone. <laughs> I was going to say something for the dads, but that would be misogynistic. There's nothing I could have said there that would not have been, firstly, funny. 2023, baby! (laughs) Okay, today we are talking about gaming, video gaming. Because we've touched on this a little bit in the past. I think it was episode 10 that we did this. So, two years ago. Have you looked that up? I think it's about episode 10. No, there we go. Have you looked it up? No, but I don't fucking... I don't throw that shit out like it's true. It's a very early episode. Actually heard in episode nine. Very early. One of our our first episodes. By that, I mean first three months. Fucking hell. All right. Then we also had the guys from Falling Squirrel. They were in the 40s for the episodes, so it's been a while. Heard in episodes 44 and 45. But... Why are we talking about this today, Cleves? Why has this come up? Um, because we started playing Pokemon. Yes. Pokemon! Pokemon! <laughs> That's a reference. If you get that reference, buy some Seesaw Cling film at seesawpodcast.com. We probably shouldn't be referencing that shit because the guy's notorious fucking... Anywho. Yep. I forgot about that. <laughs> kind of all he's known for now other than his jumpers. Yep. <laughs> Which I have one of. What? His actual jumpers? No, not one of his actual jumpers. <laughs> no, no, no. It just sounds like you bought off eBay a Bill Cosby jumper. Sh- shall we Shall we quickly go into this short story? Short stories of tea. When you reference Bill Cosby, you gotta wonder where it's going. Short stories of tea. Short stories of tea. Warning, story may not be short. So for Christmas, I usually get a lot of clothes. My wife has fashion sense. I have no sight. So she will get me clothes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fair arrangement. And she got me jumpers, got like jumpers. And one of them was a nice, it was nice. I really like it. And she really liked it. 
and it's essentially like a mustard, a like a mustardy sort of coloured jumper, and it has like drawings on it, like you would do in like your your school math book sort of thing, and that's the design of it. And I wore this to see family at Christmas, and my brother-in-law immediately looks at me and says, "Why are you wearing Jim, Jimmy Savile's jumper?" Now, for our American listeners, Jesus. Jimmy Savile is essentially Gary Glitter. Um, you just talked about Rob, Bill Cosby and jumpers. Why would you not have made that connection? Rob I'm in teeth with you sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't like into little like youngsters, was he? Savile? Savile? Was he? Savile touched a lot of kids, didn't he? I thought he was more like ladies and stuff like that. Nah, kids, man. Oh. Peter, full on. Okay. Not Ian Watkins young, but pretty young. Yeah, what about Cosby? Was that kids? Uh, no, I think he just molested people, didn't he? That's what I mean. That's why Cosby wasn't really a good reference for me. Oh, yeah, jumpers and he molested people. Yeah, but... How much of a reference... How much, how much of a fucking <laughs> thing do you want? Jimmy Savile did that. Same same context, just he's white and it was kids. Anyway, now I can't really wear the jumper because it... I do like it, but I can't get that out of my head now. And it, it's one of those things, it's like an earworm. You can't unhear that shit. So, Luke, I know you don't listen, but fuck you. That's all right. I'll go out to his girlfriend. That was a short story with T. I can't believe he doesn't want to wear his Christmas pedo jumper. Short story with T. And his pedo jumper story clocked in at 1 minute 55. So, yes, we were playing Pokemon. On an emulator, on her, what, 55-inch TV? Now, this is because it's a game that I can actually play and see within reason. (laughs) There's still some troubling parts. And this sort of brought up the the conversation while we were playing of, I used to really be into my video games. And I think you were to an extent. Probably not as much as I was. But as the years have gone by... I've tried to hold on to that hobby, I suppose you could say it is. Never used to be a hobby, it used to be a nerd thing. But now a lot of people would say that's a hobby. But I just can't anymore. Like I just can't see any of that shit. So I'm reverting to the old school stuff, like the old games. Again, within reason. I mean, you have played some retro games recently, haven't you? I played Super Mario RPG. How was that? Seeable. And I've also played Donkey Kong Country 2. How was that? Largely seeable. And for the parts that you couldn't see, you can kind of learn the jumps. I mean, you're not going to be able to play it if you're total. I mean, you're not going to play any of these games if you're total. Sorry, bro. True. a different hobby. That's my advice for this episode, actually. I'll reiterate that throughout. So what do you find the issues with, like, with the old, older games? Because there's... Old text, no speech. Yeah. Zero accessibility features. I mean, that's pretty much the same as now. Yeah, but at least they have voice acting in it now. A lot of the time you can hear what they're saying. That is true. I find contrast is really bad on, like, older games. Like, they can be bright and colourful, but when they get dark, they get fucking dark. Turns out old you're talking. I'm talking, like, early 90s era games. Yeah. Well, when we're saying classic games, we're saying that we grew up in the 90s and 2000s. So When all the best games happened... It was just good old jump and run. Yeah, cannon fodder. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we're not going to just name games. Golden Eye. 
moving on perfect dark so i think the problem with like these classics is although they are bright and colorful especially on nintendo stuff you're right there's a lot of text in them and if it requires any sort of precision by the time i've actually realized i should be doing something i've already fucked up i have very limited peripheral vision now so in terms of like 3D battles and things like that, I'm pretty fucked. I have to kind of stick to turn-based games now if I do want to play games at all, which generally I don't. No, I'm the same. Except my, I'm still in denial about it, and I will still buy things now and again, thinking, oh, well, that'll be okay, and then realise quite quickly that it really isn't. Have they re-released The Witcher? <laughs> Not yet, but I hear it is being re-released on some more console. <laughs> What, with accessibility features? Nope. I won't be getting it. The thing is, though, it might be different on these consoles. <laughs> it won't be. You should try it on at least three new ones. You should probably even buy a PS5 just for that game. No. If you want to donate so I can buy a PS5, or you want to give me one, I'll accept it. But I'm not going to buy one with my hard-earned money. I think here's the deal. Someone buys you a PS5, but you have to do a Let's Play from start to finish of The Witcher. Okay, fine. And edit it down into manageable chunks because no one wants to see you wandering into walls over and over again. No, it's not worth it. Yeah, that's not do that. That. No, absolutely not. Think of the hours that would take you. Absolutely fucking not. I'm not. Not doing just that. in gameplay, but editing. <laughs> Fuck that. No way. Moving on from the classic stuff. I mean, new games. Can't even play most of them. I think the last one I properly played was The Last of Us Two. We played Spider Man for a while. Yeah, but and although it does have some accessibility features, they just weren't enough. Unfortunately, it was doable, but it was very tough going. When, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to play that game if you were fully blind. No, like, like the Last of Us. Yeah, and I, I suppose it comes down to the frustration factor when what I achieve in half an hour, someone does in three minutes. That's kind of. It's an exercise in patience and how much you really want to play it. But is it enjoyable at that point? Not necessarily. The thing is, it's an easy task, but they're made difficult for the fact that you can't see it, not because it's, the game's difficult. That's it. I, I, I remember playing uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild on Switch, and I was able to play it roughly when it came out. Like, not perfectly, but I played half that game without any clothing on my character because I didn't see that there were treasure chests with clothing where you start the game clear in the corner in the dark. And when I asked my wife why she had some and I didn't, she was like, yes, at the start, what are you talking about? I was like, oh, okay. But again, it's like that's that's frustrating. I wasn't happy about the, the extra challenge I had it was more, this would have been an easier experience if I had known that from the beginning. But then I don't want to play with a full-sighted person like over my shoulder the whole time, telling me what to do. Maybe you should get a new hobby. An accessible hobby. Like podcasting. <laughs> too many podcasts. We don't need another one. But there are some games that are doing better with it. Like like we mentioned, The Last of Us 2, we played through that what, twice. That's the only one that we've ever played through legitimately. It's the only, only modern game that is fully accessible. And it wasn't a slog. No, it was like, enjoyable. Enjoyable. I think there was one instance where it was quite tricky against one boss because you're in a closed environment 
and it didn't really you you couldn't cheat your way out of it with some of the accessibility feet enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at betmgm sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with betmgm you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with betmgm at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Some parts of the game still have to be hard. Oh, yeah. But we still did it. Granted, we had to do it in a way that no one else would, and that was unloading all of our ammunition off the go to try and kill it as quickly as possible, which worked. But it's it's the sort of thing that, like we said, it made the mundane of just trying to access the game. That wasn't a thing. We weren't spending time trying to access it. We were just playing it and enjoying it. And it wasn't in the same way that someone else would have enjoyed it. Because there were things we were doing that people would have thought would have taken the challenge completely out of it. But I still enjoyed the experience. But I think accessibility and difficulty are sometimes confused as being the same thing. And anyone who says, oh, you don't want to add too much accessibility, it makes the game too easy. Sometimes I just want to play a fucking game with a beer in the evening after work for like an hour or so without it being a fucking hard like hassle. That person does not just turn the accessibility on either. Exactly. It's always an option. And that should be an option that you can take advantage of. Some people don't want challenge. Some people just want like to be able to enjoy something for what it is. But it's not just The Last of Us we played. On the other side of it, you have fully like games who, by nature, are accessible. And, of course, we play through The Veil, developed by Falling Squirrel. It's inaccessible for blind people, though, isn't it? It's not accessible for deaf people. It's not. And I think there's always a place for the, these built-for-the-ground-up accessible games, but the thing is they're not necessarily mainstream, and I think that's why they're quite difficult to, to get out there. I mean, at the Game Awards that year, for most accessible game, although they were nominated, they didn't win. Because it's not only accessible for one disability. Yeah, but the game that did win, I believe it was a racing game, I think it was like Forza Horizon 4 or something like that. It might be more accessible, aren't they? But it's completely inaccessible for the blind. How do you know? Have you played it? Yes. No, you haven't. No, I have played it. You're full of shit. I have played it on my Xbox Series S. Right. I played it because it won that award, and I thought, that's an accessible game that I can play. Okay, all right. For 10 minutes, and I did nothing but hit other cars, got pissed off, and turned it off. Is it accessible for deaf people, would you say? Well, it's a driving game. I mean, how much outside of the music, you don't really need much. 
there. So at the minute, we're 50-50 in terms of people with disability and accessibility. True, but that was a game that didn't add anything accessibility-wise necessarily. What about the controls? Are there certain controls for There were remapping people... controls. Okay, so for people with... Neurological yeah. conditions. Okay, no, fair. No. And, and flappy it, things as well. And it has subtitles as well. There you go. Which is fine. For deaf people, right? Yeah. That's already more accessible than, say, the... But I don't think it's I don't think it's a competition on what game is more accessible, what what one is striding forward. What was the name of the award? Most accessible game. Yeah. It's definitely that. It's literally yeah, but that if, is the literally the name of the award. Yeah, but if you're talking about like who's making the biggest impact on pushing forward accessibility, I'll say something like the veil is better because it is a mainstream game. It wasn't an obscure PC game. Kind of was. It was it on was Xbox. Niche. But it was on Xbox as well. It's an official release on Xbox consoles. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying it's like a nothing game. But compared to Forza, one of the biggest fucking. It's basically Gran Turismo for Xbox. Yeah. That's huge. It's a huge game. Yeah, but technically, much as I like that. Yeah. The Veil it pales in comparison in terms of grandiose scale, in terms of sales, in terms of everything. No, I get what you're saying. I don't agree, but I get what you're saying. I, I think I think impact is is more important. Like the Last of Us Two won it like the year before, and that rightly so should have got it. But then Spider-Man Miles Morales, like that, was also touted as being a very acceptable game, and wasn't it? Wasn't the winner that year either? It was just a bit of a a strange choice out of two games that I would say are were more accessible than Forza for you. Okay, yes. For me. We have literally no scope on this. No, that's true. I think this is a conversation we need to have with someone who's a part of the industry. Maybe we get the boys from Ford Squirrel back. Yeah. Ask them why they didn't win the award. Can you imagine? <laughs> hey, guys. Great game. I want to talk about the award. <laughs> yeah, Dave and Jamie. How's it going since you didn't win most accessible game? What are you up to now? It's a shame, but... Who got made money as well at the end of the day? And I think that's probably what hurt them. It was so niche. And although it could be played by You just said it wasn't niche about forty seconds ago. No, it's it's a niche game, but but the fact that it was mainstream console, whereas games for the blind were usually like one or two people made them and they're PC only and they're really obscure and they're usually like text adventures and stuff like that. I mean the way I'm not even joking, they're like that or puzzle games. Like this was the first attempt at a legitimate, what I would class as a game, a narrative-driven adventure game, which was playable by normies, because my wife plays through it, and it was made in that way to do so. What and came she... out first, that or The Last of Us? Uh, Last of Us first. Right, so I'd argue that that was probably more first than that one. Yeah, but this was a different year of like the Game Awards, weren't it, sir? You just said that one was the first, and that's not the case. Okay, would let's move on. Let's move on. Okay, now. Okay, let's plays. I think everyone is aware of what these are for our American listeners. I knew. Everyone, let me explain it to you. You basically watch someone play in the rare games on YouTube normally or Twitch, other platforms that are available. Now, I watch a fair amount of let's plays because I still really like games. And knowing that I can't play them, I will watch someone else play them. Do I get as much enjoyment out of I would 
playing it myself? Absolutely not. But does it allow me to experience a game outside of either not doing it or just hearing about it? Yes, it does. I mean, you watch a few as well. I watch them on retro games. Normally, the shit that came out at the time that I enjoyed games. I don't really watch new games that often. They don't really interest me all that much. Mm. Mainly because I used to like playing the old retro games. But a lot of times, because I was a kid, I didn't complete them or I missed them. So I like to go back and watch someone else play them. Because because I can't see them now well enough to, to play them myself, I find out potentially what I'd missed or that sort of thing. But new games is just... That's not my hobby now. It's not something that really interests me. Mm. But I get why people would watch them. It's like a little miniature movie, but in game form. Yeah. And I think the personality of the person doing it really does help. Oh, God, there's some rubes out there. There, there are. It, it can be very much a minefield of very shit people. Every 15-year-old wants to be a fucking Let's Player or streamer. And it's like, okay, I've a saturation of market. And like they're shit, a lot of them. So, you know, get in the bin. But you do get good ones. And like I said earlier, I enjoy watching them because it gives me that new game experience, firstly, for free. But secondly, in the sense of what I would be able to do if I was younger and when I had more sight than what I have now, in like to my capability of which I would have had. There is a sort of bit of sweetness of it as well. Because, like I said, I still try and do play a few games here and there. I quickly give up after spending my hard-earned money on them. And when I see someone <laughs> achieve what I achieved in hours and they achieve it in 10 minutes, that is infuriating. And that's partly why I don't... That is often their job as well, bear that in mind. But then that does make me not want to buy certain new games. There's new games which I would like to give a go. But then I'm getting out of the habit of just buying things now. And, and there's a new Zelda game coming out this year. Probably won't buy it because I don't think I'll be able to enjoy it. My site has got significantly worse. And I struggled with the last one. It's gotten worse since then. But will I watch someone play through it? Probably. I'll always be sad that I can't enjoy it in that capacity. Someone might have the question, if you can see it well enough to watch someone else play through it, how come you can't play it yourself? Good question. Because when you're watching someone else play, it's in the same way that you're sort of you're enjoying the ride. It's a cinematic experience. Whereas when you rewatch a film, you'll pick up on things previously that you didn't see or pick up on, and you enjoy it more for that. Whereas I deem it as a similar sort of thing. And the fact that they are moving forwards and like, okay, I won't see every single thing that they do, but because they're narrating it as well. I say, oh, this is over here. And I might not see what they're doing, but oh, okay, that's cool. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not just going to watch someone play Pac-Man or some shit like that. It's always going to be like story and narrative-based games because I want the story experience. Audio commentary games, basically. Yeah. Exactly the same as going to cinema, isn't it, really? Basically, yeah. And I think there's very much a, a game. There's very much a place for that in today's society. And I think it, not just for blind people as well. No, not just Sight for blind lines. people. There's some people who are just shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't imagine why a sightling would actually want to watch a let's play. I'm not sure. Maybe I need to ask a sightling who watches let's plays. People sometimes watch it so that they can find stuff that they're doing on their game as well. That makes sense. I suppose for the same reason that some people watch sport 
you could go out and play football yourself, but some people just watch football. I guess, yeah, very true. You're watching someone who's superior at it than you in every single way. You do well at what they do. Yeah, football so, commentary. That's a very yeah. good point. Then think about that. So you know they've got esports now. So yep, basically it's kind of the same thing. As a summary, everyone just copied the Last of Us too. Just take that and put it in everything. Yep. Please. And if you're losing your sight and you're thinking of buying a game, maybe watch a Let's Play first. Decide on whether you can see it. Don't waste your money. There's also a good website, and I'll link it in the show notes. It's called caniplaythat.com. If you go on there, it's broken down reviews on accessibility, and they break it down for all sorts of conditions, deaf, blind, neurological, physical disabilities, and it'll break down what the limitations of that game are, what features have included, and you can make up your own mind, and they'll give a comprehensive review based on that. So really good resource for anything like that. Not as concise as I would like it to be, but again, it disability is a spectrum. They're not going to have someone specifically with my condition on there who's going to turn around and say, T, don't buy this, mate. You can't fucking play it. <laughs> you know, that's what I need. Just need some guy named well, Gary. That's what your last place for as well. There you go. Yeah. Your combination of both. Yeah, that's it. But link for that will be in the show notes. Yeah, they're, they're really good guys. They don't make any money off of it, I don't think, but they do a really good job. Like, very comprehensive and there's good youtubers out there as well doing accessibility reviews on various games and systems stuff like that so on that we have been uh cathartic if nothing else and the dog is telling us to wrap up is there anything you want to close us out with i know only um i enjoy it when you get annoyed at um for example, I don't know, just distractions and people's dogs just ruining podcasts. Are you keeping this in? We'll see. Oh, I don't know. New Year's. We don't know. We chuck in a few Easter eggs here and there, like different records and stuff on the on the video things and just bits and pieces knocking about, which if you can see a little bit, enjoy that. We usually do change them up. Yep. If you can't see that, we apologize. We'll let you know. What T's hat's like. Would you like to describe your hat, T, before we go? It's a grey beanie hat. Boring. Yep. <laughs> like, it's cold, man. It's cold for a bald-headed fuck. I'm sat here in my fucking T-shirt like it's fucking summer. Oh, that is something that I did get feedback on. People don't know what we look like, and someone asked us to describe in a few words what we actually look like. Do you know what? Maybe we'll do that at the start of each episode going forward. Like, just a quick rundown on what it is. What do we look like? I guess I have a sort of messy hair with a sort of mousy, shitty, brownie colour. You know, a bunch of tattoos, quite a lot now. I usually wear sort of band or etnis t-shirts a lot. Maybe a hoodie, some jeans, kind of what I got on today. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, yep. pretty chilled. We're not fancy here, are we? No. If you want to come see us, come see us at Dis- Disability Expo. Maybe T will let you feel his face and groin. <laughs> well, we'll see about the second part of that. But if you want to have an idea of what I look like, I have no hair. I'm bald. I have a beard. I am not a skinny gentleman. I am quite frumpy. Great word. Um, and usually I will wear a hoodie or jumper, jeans. I have no tattoos. 
but I have got a very large beard. And that's all you need to know about me. Maybe I'll start describing what I'm wearing going forwards. All right. Well, if you do have marginal sight, you can always see us on the YouTube videos. And if not, then, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make a conscious effort to be more accessible for everyone in the new year. It's part of the rebrand. Absolutely. No transcriptions. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Seesaw Podcast. Your feedback and comments mean a lot to us, so if you'd like to get in touch, you can do so in the following ways. You can find us on Twitter at SeesawPod, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Seesaw Podcast. And you can also join us at SeesawPodcast.com. Remember to like, rate, review us, and share us with a friend. This podcast was recorded in front of a blind audience. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.